remember this, this version of you might be better than the older version of you, but it still has a lot of work to do, right? God has done a great work with you. I'm sure every one of you in here, and this, this version of you is better than that one, but there's a better one, amen? And allow the Holy Spirit to change you. Hello, everyone. This is Pastor Jay Tyler from Holt Assembly of God, and I want to thank you for joining me for this broadcast of Life in the Spirit. The message you'll be listening to today is part of a series that's called This Is That. In this message, we are clarifying some common misconceptions concerning the Holy Spirit. I hope you enjoy the message and pray that you are challenged, blessed, and encouraged as you hear God's Word shared in this message. Today we're starting a new series. It's called uh, This Is That. Here's the idea behind this series. Have you ever had a, a preconceived idea about something? And you know, you had going into a situation or going to, to a circumstance, whatever it is, maybe, maybe even going to a place, you had an idea, you had a preconceived idea about what that was gonna be like, and then you get there and it's it's not exactly what you thought. You ever been there before? Today is our my my anniversary with my wife and I have been married 23 years. I'm sure when she married me 23 years ago, she didn't know she was gonna get this. Right? So I'm stuck with this. Anyways, there in this series, what we're gonna do, we're gonna kind of dispel some mis misinformation, misconception, uh, just spiritual truths, and we're going to kind of go to God's Word and look what He says, rather than some of these misconceptions we have uh, concerning spiritual truths. Today what we're going to do is we're going to focus on the Holy Spirit, and uh, this is not going to be a real deep message, but it's just kind of an introductory to where we're going here in this series. So I'm going to go to Acts chapter 4, or excuse me, Acts chapter 1, we're going to be in verses 4 and 5. This is just prior to Jesus ascending into heaven. And this is the conversation he's having with his, his disciples just before he ascends into heaven. And this is what he's talking to them about, about the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So uh, Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, And being assembled together with them, look at this, he commanded them. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait. But to wait for the promise of the Father, which he have said, you have heard from me. Verse 5, For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And after this, this conversation, we know that, that Jesus is, is taken up into heaven. He ascends into heaven. And what do the disciples do? Well, they, they obey him. They do exactly what Jesus asked them to do. They go back to Jerusalem. They go into the upper room. And they don't just wait there for a pizza. They go into that room. We, we understand later on in the chapter that they're there praying. They're there seeking God. They're they're waiting for God to deliver on this promise of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So 10 days later, we know this occurs because it occurs on, on the day of Pentecost. So Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Uh, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Uh, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. There appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, verse 4, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance, or as the Spirit enabled them. The disciples received this promise on the day of Pentecost, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But here's, here's something really neat. I think that we always concentrate on that, and it's good to concentrate on, on what took place, but look at the reaction of the people who, who witness all this. Just check this out, because there are people... That are, that are outside the upper room. We don't know exactly how it takes place, but 
somehow or another, this gets outside of the upper room. And there are witnesses. And here's what they say, Acts 2, 6 and 7. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together, and look, and were confused. They're confused. Because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? Let's kind of go on down to verses 11 and 12 now. We hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. So they were amazed and perplexed. Some versions of the Bible translations say doubted. They are amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What could this mean? What could this mean? Now I want you to think about the gathering that's taking place. These are devout Jews that are in Jerusalem. They're there to worship. See, Pentecost is not just an average holiday. It's a pilgrimage holiday. So if you're a devout Jew, you're going back to Jerusalem to worship. It's one of the, it's one of the feast days that requires devout worshipers to be in Jerusalem, to be at the temple. So the, the environment is a very sp- pure spiritual environment. These are people that are, that are devoted to God. There's no pressure. There's no emotionalism. But it's in a very pure spiritual environment. And the Holy Spirit has poured out people speaking tongues. Now, I think this is what's amazing is that these people are perplexed. They're perplexed and amazed. They're, they can't believe what they saw. They can't believe what they've heard. And so remember, again, this is, this is the environment we have. And check this out. Look at verse 13. Acts 2.13. Others mocking said they are full of new wine. See, this is what we'll do. People will mock or dispel what they don't understand. Well, it's natural to human nature. We'll mock or we'll dispel. We'll just say, eh, you know, I don't buy all that. And just think again, the environment. You're in a very, again, pure spiritual environment. You don't have any, any kind of mumbo jumbo going on. God's poured out his spirit. He's delivered. And some were amazed, some were perplexed. Some said, this is not real, these people are just drunk. They thought it was that, but it was this, it was something else. Are you following me now? All right, they thought it was something else. And I love how Peter reacts to all this. There's this confusion taking place. These disciples have experienced something wonderful, the promise of God. And now they're they're out in the open, there's people that are, are witnessing this, and they're confused, they're amazed and perplexed, some doubting, some mocking. So this is, how G, this is how Peter takes care of this, and this is the way we should take care of spiritual things. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted his voice and said unto them, Men of Judea, and all that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken my words, for these are not drunken as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. Here it is. But this is that. This is that. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. See, it, it's, not, it's not, they're not drunk. It's not, it's not that, it's this. This is what we're talking about. This is what God has just delivered. It's what was spoken through the prophet Joel years, centuries before. And it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see, dream, or see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. I'm still seeing visions, by the way. All right, so Peter is, is, is basically saying, let me explain something to you. you know, let me tell you what this is. I want to show you from God's word what has just taken place. And he, and he goes to the prophet Joel, and he goes, this is that. They're not drunk, as you suppose. This is that. This is, that. This is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Now, unfortunately, 
Even in churches, even in Pentecostal churches, Assembly of God churches, there are more people confused about the Holy Spirit than there are people outside of this world confused about the Holy Spirit. I'm just being honest with you. We think we've got a label on it because we've got an experience. Can I tell you, sometimes we've got about this much information and it's just enough to be dangerous. So Pentecost shouldn't be kooky. And here's why it shouldn't be kooky. First of all, we believe that the same Holy Spirit that was poured out in the book of Acts still poured out on us today, correct? So the same Holy Spirit that was poured out upon them and us is the same Holy Spirit that inspires the Word of God. Don't we believe that God's Word's inspired? If not, you're probably in the wrong church. We believe that the Word of God is inspired. It's infallible. It's His words. So the Spirit and the Word are going to agree, correct? So why would God do something that contradicts? Why would God, the Holy Spirit, do something that contradicts with His Word? Well, the answer is He wouldn't. But we have this flesh factor that always gets in the way. And uh, the Holy Spirit will never be in conflict with the Word. Never. So hopefully throughout this series, we'll dispel some of these myths about the Holy Spirit and other spiritual truths from God's Word. Today I just want us to concentrate on the person of the Holy Spirit. Because I really think if we, don't stop there, if we don't start there, we could really get off the rails and we can go into some silly places. Who is the Holy Spirit? And today I want to talk to you about the person of the Holy Spirit. Let's, I'm going to give you five things that will help us. These are very simple things, but if we'll keep these in our hearts and our minds, let these be guiding principles, it will help us not get to kooky land. Are you, are you following me? I don't know about you, I don't want to go to kooky land. All right? I want to be biblical, I want to be spiritual, I want something real, I want something genuine, but I don't want something trumped up, I don't want something man-made, I don't want something that, that, is, going to, that is not going to uh, stand through the passing of time. I want something that is real and genuine, amen? And it's in God's Word. It's promised to us. So first of all, the Holy Spirit is not something. He's not an it. He's always referred to a he, right? He's a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's not a spiritual force. He's not an impersonal spiritual force. He is a person. So why is that important to to understand? Here's why. If we don't know the Holy Spirit as a person and we think that he's impersonal, that's how we'll relate to him. He's impersonal before. So that's not how we should relate to the Holy Spirit. We should relate to the Holy Spirit as he is. He is a person. Now, I'm not going to bang on on certain translations of the Bible. It's not what I'm trying to accomplish here, but just hear me out. So as soon as I get into this, don't throw stones at me. Just listen to me, all right? I understand in 1611, when when King James authorized his translation of of the, the, remember, you're talking about Greek and Hebrew scriptures, and when he authorized his translation of, of those scriptures into the English language, 1611, right? A lot of things have changed since 1611, the way we talk. All right, so I'm not dogging it. Just hear me, though. Back in those days, the best word they had in the English language to express their understanding of the Holy Spirit was ghost. That is the best word they have, but I don't think that's the best word for us to understand who the Holy Spirit is today. All right, the, the Greek word that is actually used is pneuma, all right, pneuma, and it describes the Holy Spirit. It's the same word we use, or they use to describe air, breath, and wind. How many of you have ever used a, a pneumatic tool powered by what? Air, air, gas, you know, it's, it's powered by, it's where they get that word pneumatic, pneuma. So the Holy Spirit is not a ghostly figure. He's not spooky. He's not kooky. He has no figure. He's omnipresent. He's like the air that we breathe. You can't see him, but he is there. But he is a person. 
And I know that's pretty simple, but check this out. This is really deep. Are you ready? Number two, the Holy Spirit is not weird. He's not weird. (laughs) People are weird, but the Holy Spirit's not weird. People are weird. Some people don't want anything to do with the Holy Spirit because they've encountered weird people. How many of you ever encountered weird people before? I mean, they just got wild, either crazy, like, you know, even though I'm, I'm a Pentecostal, I speak in other tongues, I pray in the Spirit, there's some of those people just freak me out, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I, you know, I just don't understand it, because that's not the same Holy Spirit. I didn't, get, I didn't lose my mind, I didn't get stupid, I didn't go crazy when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I don't know, maybe they were just crazy before, I don't know. But all I'm saying is, the Holy Spirit is not weird, he's not weird. So what happens is, you have people that represent, and why is it always the weirdest people who try to their best to represent the Holy Spirit? Have you ever noticed that? Here's someone who's, man, they are, they are a Holy Spirit powerhouse. They, they know God. They walk with God. They, they pray in the Spirit. And they're very quiet, very, very mild. You don't even know they're there. But it's that nut job, all right? It's that nut job that gets all the attention, and people see them. They're like, I don't want nothing to do with that Holy Ghost. So I'm just saying that as a result, some people associate the Holy Spirit with weirdness. And listen, I'm telling you, I've seen plenty of weirdness. Okay? I, can give, I can write a book on weirdness, let me tell you. But I'm sure some of you can add chapters to it. The Holy Spirit's not weird. And from Scripture, we need to <laughs> de-spookify and de the Holy Spirit. Because we, we allow people to take him hostage and to monopolize him. And I'm just saying that's not, that's not the Holy Spirit from Scripture. The problem isn't with the Holy Spirit. The problem is our packaging. So we need to rebrand it with Scripture. All right, number three, the Holy Spirit is our inner voice. And remember, there's your voice, I get it. But if you're born again, the Holy Spirit dwells in you, there's an inner voice. It's very easy to to pick out, too. So John 16, 8. And when he has come, he will convict, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. So the Holy Spirit is that inner voice of conviction. Now there's a big difference between conviction and condemnation. Conviction is this. It's that voice of the Holy Spirit saying, do you really want to do that? <laughs> do you really want to say that? Maybe you should just wait for a minute. You know, there's that, that inner warning system. It's going off and he's saying, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. Now here's where, con- this is where condemnation will come in. Satan uses condemnation. Satan will say, you're a failure. You messed up. You're scum. I can't believe you just did that. There's a difference. The Holy Spirit will try to keep you from doing the wrong thing. The the devil will use condemnation once you've done the wrong thing, and he'll heap it upon you. There's a difference between the two. So Satan will use that to really hold you down. So just know the difference between the two. And we all need to become familiar with the voice of the Holy Spirit And even as you grow and mature, you need to get more tuned to his voice. It's that still, small voice inside of you. You know he is God, the Holy Spirit. You know it's him. It's not the pizza that you had last night. It's him speaking to you because here's why. How do I know it's the Holy Spirit? Because he'll be in agreement with his word. And believe this, I know this is hard for us to understand, but we can be wrong. We can be wrong. And I would just say this, before you do anything crazy, silly, stupid, and you think it's in the word, find you some wise and godly counsel. Someone who, who, who is not going to, someone who knows the word. Are you following me? Listen, God is not going to say you're faithless because you do that, because that is in alignment with his word. Wise and godly counsel. Counsel from God's word. 
counsel from godly people, all right? So that inner voice that we hear, and when I'm preaching, you can, you can hear me, but you can hear the Holy Spirit. Are you, are you know what I'm saying? I can be preaching on one subject. It doesn't mean it's not good, but the Holy Spirit could be speaking to you about something else. You know, there could be, you could be, I could be here preaching today on this subject of the Holy Spirit, and someone who is dealing with something in their life, the Spirit of God just points at it and just pulls at it. Why? Because it's that inner voice of conviction. So uh, just remember that. Today, again, preaching about the Holy Spirit, but today you may need to give your life to Jesus. Do that at the end of the service, all right? 1 Corinthians 12, 3. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. It's that inner voice, that conviction. And some of you really can already feel, hear the Holy Spirit knocking on your door, dealing with something. Man, deal with it. He'll deal with it gently. He loves you. He's not there to condemn you. He's there to help you. Remember that. He's that inner voice. Number three, the Holy Spirit, he's our teacher. He's our teacher. Uh, Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit in this way. Look at this. John uh, 14, 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. Now, the Holy Spirit will not just teach you to hear, but he'll teach you to do, and that's the big difference. Because there are a lot of people in this world, they know a lot about God. Are you following me? I mean, there are people that have degrees on their wall, theology degrees, but they don't know God. So just because you have a degree about knowledge about God doesn't mean that you know God. Those degrees don't mean anything. Because here's the thing, if you've got all this knowledge, but you can't put it into practice, there's a disconnect. And the Holy Spirit is not just to give, he's not there to fill your head with knowledge, he's there to help you to be more like Jesus. And I think that's the disconnect. We'll read the Word, we have this great revelation, but that's great, but now put it into practice, Bubba. Put it into practice. The Word and the Spirit will work together always. 1 John 2.27 But the anointing which you have received from Him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true, and is not a lie, and just as it's taught to you, you will abide in Him. So let me just say this. Preaching, teaching has great value. The, the scriptures are not diminishing that whatsoever. Again, what I'm talking about is this, and I think this is what the word is very clear on, that there are times where, where in, when you're talking about the Old Testament system versus the New Testament system, you have a clash of systems that has taken place. All right, and you had a lot of heavy teaching uh, on, on the priesthood. And listen, there is a priesthood of believers, amen? We are a priesthood of believers. But that doesn't disqualify spiritual leadership, spiritual authority, pastors, teachers, prophets, whatever, that they all have a place. And just remember this, we can always be wrong. We can always be wrong, and that's why, listen, when we're hearing from the Holy Spirit, it's good to have counsel from God's Word and godly counsel from around us, all right? Around us, excuse me. Number four, the Holy Spirit wants to be our guide. He wants to guide us. He wants to lead us. And, and when you're trying to figure out what you need to do, and you're in a situation, that's when you need to hear from the Holy Spirit. And he'll lead you, and he'll guide you. Listen, there, there aren't always times, I understand this, that, and these situations aren't, they don't always happen, but there are times where you're facing something, you need to make a decision, and you need that wisdom, that leadership that comes from the Holy Spirit, and he, in those situations, he will step in if you'll give him the opportunity, and remember to engage him. I know that, you know, we have, we have a good time doing this. I can engage God the Father as the Father, and I can engage Jesus as the Son, but why does that have a hard time talking to the Holy Spirit? I mean, he's the one that lives in you, by the way, amen? 
it's not wrong to talk to him. I think sometimes he feels a little bit left out. I'm just saying that, that this is what the Holy Spirit will do. He'll lead us. He'll guide us. John 16, 13. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. So, listen, the God that we serve, he's been in the past, correct? The God that we serve, he's in the present today, correct? He's in the future as well. He, he bypasses us. He stands outside our, our understanding of time and space. He's already there. He already knows what we need to do, where we should go, all these things. Why not just trust him, amen? Why not just trust him? put ourselves into his hands, lead me and guide me, Holy Spirit. And listen, the closer you are to the Holy Spirit, the more defined his leading becomes, the more defined his voice is. It all becomes, it comes to proximity then. You say, well, I have a hard time hearing from God. Get closer to him then. When that's the key, get closer to him. It's a lot easier to follow when you hear his voice. Number five, the Holy Spirit is our friend. I know he's gone, but he's our friend. In fact, he should be your best friend. Remember, he's with you. He's inside you. Jesus, I'm not downplaying the Father. I'm not downplaying the Son. We know where the Father is. We know where the Son is. He's at the right hand of the Father. The Holy Spirit is in you. Remember that he lives in you. So do you recall what Jesus uh, called the disciples when he was on earth? Friends, that's right. John 15, 13. Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down, his, uh, lay down one's life for his friends. And often he called them his friends. See, likewise, remember, we have another helper. He's not a watered-down version of Jesus. He's different, but he's the same. So the Holy Spirit wants to be our friend. He wants to be like your best friend. I mean, listen, there's nothing wrong with, with human relationships and having a friend, but can I tell you the Holy Spirit wants to be that friend? And so many times we want to turn to our friends. And there's, again, there's nothing wrong with godly counsel, but why not turn to your best friend? Why not turn to the Holy Spirit first. See, as a pastor, I'm not always available, but the Holy Spirit is. Some of you that are leaders in this church, you're not always available, but the Holy Spirit is always available. John 14, 16, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper, counselor. Some, some, translate, some versions translate that as friend. So that's why it's one who comes beside us, one who helps us, one who comes to our side is what in the original it means, the original translation, helper, counselor, friend. Boy, how many of you have friends that you know that you can call and at a moment's notice they will be there for you and they'll help you through a situation? Holy Spirit wants to be that friend to you. Look what the Bible promises us concerning this relationship with the Holy Spirit. I want you to, to hear this. This is what Paul is speaking to the Corinthians. Remember, the Corinthians were really involved in spiritual gifts and they could really mess them up as well. He has to correct a lot of things. But look what he says at the closing of this letter. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 13, verse 14. The amazing grace of the master, Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. Man, you should want an intimate relationship, an intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. And if you don't have that, then you're missing out. It's probably one of the missing links of your relationship with God is your relationship with the Holy Spirit. I cannot tell you how important. Boy, it's important for us to read the Word. It's important for us to pray, but it's equally important to engage the Holy Spirit. Listen, the Holy Spirit does not live in you just to take up space. 
It's not like he don't have better things to do, right? He's in there for a function, for a reason, for a purpose, and we're to be close to him. And if you don't have that closeness with the Holy Spirit, there's something missing. I'm guaranteeing it. All right, here's three things I want you to do. It's just kind of when we're dealing with the Holy Spirit, I want to challenge you with three things to do this week as it concerns the Holy Spirit. Number one, I want you to pray three things. Really, every day I want you to, if you can do this, please, these aren't real hard. But pray these throughout your week. Every day, Holy Spirit, show me. Show me. Just Holy Spirit, daily, show me what I, what, what's, you know, just show me the way. Show me certain things. Look what God promises us about the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. Check this out. Ezekiel 36, this is a verse that we're really familiar with. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Verse 27, and I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Now, he's not going to make you. It's not what he's doing. He'll move. So God will enable us. He'll encourage us. He'll empower us, but he won't make us. See, I'm just saying there's certain things in life we're going to stand before and we need to be shown. God, show me the way. Show me the right decision to make here. What is the right thing to do in this circumstance? Show me. The Holy Spirit will show you to do the right thing even when you're lazy. But listen, again, by faith, you've got to obey him. He's not going to part ways with you. He'll be there. He'll encourage you. But you've got to tap into that. You've got to allow him to empower you and to, and to help you. Here's, here's a verse that we should pray, I believe, and stand upon on a regular basis. Psalms 39. Search me. I mean, if you can say it to the Holy Spirit every day, search me. Uh, know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. See if there is anything offensive in me, any offensive way in me. Lead me in the way of everlasting. Boy, if you just pray that every day, if you make that part of your prayer life, you give permission to the Holy Spirit, the permission to the Holy Spirit to search you, to know you, to test you, to reveal anything offensive in you. You won't need any, and to find anything unpleasant, you won't need me to tell you what that is. Trust me. We shouldn't, that's, we should rely on the preacher to tell us everything we're doing wrong. Are you following me? I mean, listen, preaching on what we're doing wrong gets old. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to fluff it up or anything, but there are better things to do than just hammer on sin every Sunday, man. I'm just saying that our relationship with God is bigger than that. So my job isn't to preach at you and make you behave all week long. I'm sure that you've been in environments like that, correct? That gets old really quick. See, our relationship with God is deeper than that. My job is to preach and to help you. My job is to help you to get closer to God so you can experience God for yourself, amen? I'll tell you one thing this pandemic has done that's good for us. If you went through this week or went through these weeks and you thought, man, that's just, man, this is not right, I don't like it, but something was really missing, and your spirituality dropped, that's a sure sign right there that your relationship with the Holy Spirit needs to get deeper. Because coming to church is good, it's important, but it's not the only thing. And I'm just saying, I think sometimes we look at these, and I, and I get discouraged with this whole thing, but I think it showed us some things where we're weak. And I'm just saying, if you really had a struggle, and only you're going to be able to answer that, you and the Holy Spirit are going to have to have this conversation. Maybe it showed you that, hey, my relationship with God needs to get a little bit deeper than what it is. Remember, my job is not a chaplain. My job is to feed you the Word of God so that you can follow Jesus better, so that you can have that relationship with Him that encourages you to get stronger and closer to Him. All right, number two, Holy Spirit, change me. Pray that every day. Holy Spirit, change me. In fact, if you don't pray, Holy Spirit, change me. God, change me then. 
there's a reason why you get stuck then. All right, there's a reason why you get stuck. Give permission to the Holy Spirit to change you. They say, look, none of us in this room have arrived. None of us are perfect. None of us have got to that place where Jesus goes, I don't know if I could do anything else with him. I mean, he's just so perfect. All right? I mean, I need to step aside let him do the job. I'm just saying, none of us are there. So give the Holy Spirit the opportunity to change you. And, and some Christians need to stop trying to, to change the world. Are you following me? Change the church world especially. I wish it would be like this more. Listen, why don't you just get, be concerned about allowing the Holy Spirit to change you? And listen, he'll take care of everything else. If we will be more focused on our relationship with the Holy Spirit and how he wants to change our life, all these other things just won't matter anymore. Remember this, this version of you might be better than the older version of you, but it still has a lot of work to do, right? God has done a great work with you. I'm sure every one of you in here, and this, this version of you is better than that one, but there's a better one, amen? And allow the Holy Spirit to change you. Look at this, 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18. Boy, I love this verse. If I can ever work this verse in every message, I will. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is there is what? Liberty, freedom, right? And listen, it's not liberty and freedom, just go sin, do what you want. It's liberty and freedom to be more like Jesus. But we all with unveiled face, getting rid of that religion, beholding as in the mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed, changed, right? Changed into the same image from glory to glory as by the Spirit of the Lord. The Holy Spirit does the transforming power. Pray every day, Holy Spirit, change me, change my heart, change my mind. Lord, I know this thinking that I have, it's stinking thinking, change it. I know that this attitude that I have is wrong. Change it. I, I know that whatever I'm dealing with in here, whatever I'm feeling, change it. It's not right. Search me. All right. Search me. Change me. Number three, fill me. Fill me. If there's one thing I know for sure the Holy Spirit wants to do is to fill us. To fill us. Every day, pray, Holy Spirit, fill me with your presence. Fill me with your desires. Fill me with your love. See, human nature, if we allow it, we'll fill ourselves with something. You know what I'm saying? We'll fill ourselves with something. Ephesians 5.18, do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Now listen, we're just, he's just picking on, on wine here in this situation, but we could take out wine and put a lot of different things in there. All right, so I'm just saying that, listen, this example of the Bible is pretty easy. Whatever we fill, are filled with, it's going to have an effect upon us. And I'm just saying, when you are filled with the Spirit of God, there is a dramatic effect upon you, upon your life, and others around you. Some Christians think, well, well, I'm born again. When I'm born again, the Holy Spirit lives in me. That's true. That is true. When the, it doesn't matter what church you go to. It doesn't matter what denomination you're a part of. If you're born again, the Holy Spirit lives in you. You are a new person. But you still need to be filled, and you need to be filled consistently. Period. You say, why do you say that? Because that's what the Bible says. Acts 15, 13, 52. And the disciples were continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. How many times do we read throughout the Bible, especially in Acts, where the disciples received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they were filled, and then later on it says they were filled again, and they were filled again. Why is that? Because we need to be filled with His Spirit, filled with His presence. It's not just, one and done, hey, you're good. Oh, I spoke in tongues, one, that's great, that's great. But it's deeper than that, by the way. It's a lot deeper than that. That's another misconception. It's another great misconception. We'll cover that later on in the, mess, in the series. So you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And listen, 
Some of you may have had an encounter with the Holy Spirit where you were filled and something dramatic happened. And it doesn't have to be, it doesn't happen like that every time. And that's okay. So don't, don't look for manifestations. Just receive, amen? Just receive. Listen, you can be driving down the road. God fill me. God, and man, the presence of the Lord just floods you and fills you. All right? And listen, there's no choir. There's no one preaching there. There's no, no one to run around the building, nothing like that. God can fill you right where you're at. God wants to fill you. He wants to empower you. He wants to walk with you. He wants to talk with you. And listen, I'm just saying this. If you're a Christian and you're trying to do this on your own power, listen, it's going to be very difficult for you. It's very difficult, and I'm sure everyone in here has been times and seasons in their walk with God where they did it in their own power. And you know where it leads. You know where it goes. For some of you, you just you leave the house. You, know, you take off. You're gone. And there, there are people in our church, this happens. When, they, when things aren't going, they, they're gone. And you see them six months later, hey, you know, I know what's going on. They know what's going on. But listen, I'm just saying, why get to that place? Don't get yourself to that place. Fill, God, fill me. Because what happens is we all react differently. Some of us will be more carnal. We, we, fall, we start getting weak, we just go back into the world. We start doing stuff. Others, we do a little bit more, we'll be doing a little more civilly. We just act like we're doing okay. We just get nasty and religious. You see what I'm saying? We'll, we'll put on the part, we'll put on the mask, we go through the motions, but we know there's a desert inside of us. Why, why go through that? Why do that? Allow God to fill you and stay filled with his presence. Stay filled with the Spirit of God. Don't allow someone's poor example to, to distract you from what God calls as a, as a spiritual promise. If you see people that, I'm, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit and they're kooky and they're weird, it doesn't mean you have to be kooky and weird. It doesn't mean we're going to lay hands on you and you're going to go stupid. It's not going to happen that way. It's real. It's genuine. And God wants to fill you. I'm just saying, don't let people mess with you in that way. There's a promise for you. Stand on that promise. Amen. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this broadcast of Life in the Spirit. I hope this message was a blessing to you. If you are looking for a church home, I want to encourage you to come and worship with us on Sunday mornings at 1030 a.m. Or join us Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. for our family night. We have ministry opportunities for all ages, children, youth, and adults. Holt Assembly of God is located at 543rd Avenue in Holt, Florida. If you'd like to find out more information about our church, you can find us on the web at www.holtag.org, or you can find us on Facebook or Instagram. Our phone number is 850-537-8351. Until our next broadcast of Life in the Spirit, May God bless you as you serve the Lord Jesus with a grateful heart.